The Bible is full of people who face enormous odds and impossible challenges, but it's their never-die attitude that causes us to, to, to really be inspired by their lives. Uh, Proverbs 24 and 16 says, A righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up again. You know, Job lost everything, his family, his health, his, his wealth everything, but he got back up and and received double for his trouble at the end of the book. The woman with the issue of blood pressed through her pain and and through the crowd, but the result was she received healing. Uh, Jesus himself, he was mocked, he was scourged, he was beaten, spat on, crucified, but on the third day he got back up again and he received his crown. The good news I want to share with you today is no matter what happens to you, you can get back up again as well. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you and I right now through the Holy Spirit. With God, the only way we can lose is if we stay down. So no matter how hard life hits us or how many times we get knocked down, God has given us what it takes to get back up and keep it moving. Hey folks, I hope you learned something new from this Ministry Minute. To get even more content like this, click the button below and check out our YouTube channel. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell so that you don't miss any of our latest uploads. Also, be sure to share this video with anyone you think may be encouraged by it. God bless. Just grow, let the word overflow, yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today, we will hear a classic message that we believe will be a blessing to you. Our goal is to teach God's Word in a way that compels you to live a life that overflows and blesses others. Let's join Bishop Greer as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. Getting into heaven is the ground floor. I am not just trying to get to heaven. That's been established over 30 years ago when I gave my life to Jesus. The reason I work so hard in church, I work hard, is because I'm working for my reward. Do you understand Even if I suffered 15, 20 years on earth, imagine the investment of 15, 20 years knowing that you will benefit eternally. Meaning a woman goes through labor for, for, you know, uh, sometimes nine, sometimes 10, sometimes two days. They they go through labor, but but, but they do it for the joy set before them. They, They live with the child for life, but they suffer. For a few days, actually nine months, it wasn't a a, a cakewalk either. But the point I'm making is this life is the only sowing season we'll ever have. Imagine before there were grocery uh, supermarkets and grocery stores. If you didn't sow in sowing season, your family starved at harvest time. God is gracious. He said, listen, when harvest times comes, I'll make sure you survive. But you are not going to live high on the hog if you slept through sowing season. Life is sowing season. The reason I work so hard is because I'm going to die. The reason why I want to seize every moment of my life is because I won't be here forever. This is the only 
comma in eternity where I can make a difference in someone else's life the way I can right now. So I don't want to sleep 70, 80, 90 years of life building with wood, hay and stubble. All about me, all about mine, all about what people think, but never once considering looking up to heaven, God, what might you think about how I'm living and what I'm doing? If anyone's work, which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Salvation saves us from hell, but our works determine the extent of our reward in heaven. If you are self-satisfied just because you're going to make it in, you have missed the revelation of scripture. Matthew 5 and 11. We could go a lot of places to, to establish this, but we, we just don't have time today. So we're going to listen to Jesus for a moment. He said, blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you. I mean, you know that statement sounds a little bit ridiculous until he finishes the sentence. And who feels blessed when people are talking about you? Who feels blessed when people are making fun of you? And he said, and when people say all kind of evil against you, what? Falsely. Now, here's the caution. Make sure they're doing it against you falsely. <laughs> a lot of saints come to my office. It's not fair. It's happening. You, you are getting what you deserve. Come on, loved one. Now, what you need to do is pray for mercy. Don't get mad at everybody because folks aren't saying that about you falsely. Do you hear me? So when people oppose us because we're mean-spirited, when people oppose us because we're self-centered, there's no blessing in heaven for that. But he said, but when they do it falsely, for my sake. When, when's the last time you suffered for Jesus? Most of us run from that and try to avoid it because you don't know no better. You're not acquainted with the scriptures. He said, when people point their finger at you falsely, when people revile you and accuse, you need to leap for joy and shout. Why? Because you're working on your reward. Every time someone talks ugly about me, instead of me crying, and it hurts, nobody in their right mind wants people to talk about them and, and say mean things, cruel things. But I've learned to believe the scriptures that every arrow of the devil that, that I withstand and stand against, God will reward me for God will not be outdone by the devil. The devil's meanness will not outdo God's goodness and his faithfulness. So every time the adversary comes against me, I know if I stand and get to the other side and honor him, worship him, keep my heart sweet, love him, love the people that are trying to hurt me, act like Jesus just a little bit. I know I'm working on my reward in heaven. Now, everybody's talking about how much they got in their 401k. Everyone's talking about how much money they got in the bank. But, but Jesus said, well, you know what? How much do you have in your spiritual bank account? He says, don't, don't labor for treasure that will rust, that will perish, that could get stolen. But labor that you might have treasure where? In heaven. Where? Rust can't corrupt, moth can't eat or steal, people can't steal. Make sure as you live this life, you're not just living for this life. 
Some people say, Bishop, you don't know what I'm going through in my marriage. Sometimes, you know, we, we got some crazy jokers that we, 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 we're married to and the rest. And, and every now and then we should walk away. So I, I need to, to preface my remark. Some people are dangerous and they're going to kill you. They're going to hurt you if you stay. So you need to go. But the other side of that is after you're in glory for 100 years, you won't even be able to re- remember that you were married for 20 years. That, 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 that thing that is just so big, you're going to walk away from God for. When God rewards you for doing what he wanted you to do in that situation, it's not going to look that big. The reason we quit is because we make our molehills into mountains. Please hear me. The problems we face in this life are temporary, meaning they're passing away. Even if for 50 years you had to endure a thousand years into glory, you won't even remember the prison they locked you in or the beating you took. When we really have an eternal perspective on things, what we're going through begins to shrink. And what God has for us begins to grow. And it's only when that happens can we deal with life with the proper perspective. I'm not living just to get into heaven. I'm living for my reward. So what I'm going through is temporary. It doesn't make sense to give up the permanent for the temporary. It doesn't make sense to to give up 15 minutes of pleasure or suffering, whatever your thing is, for thousands of years of reward. Do you hear me? The reason we live the way we live and do what we do because we have no eternal perspective. And we're satisfied that we're saved. But we miss the message of the Bible. Thank God we're saved. That's awesome. But we're going to read when Jesus comes back. He doesn't come back with salvation in his hand. He says, behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. He's coming back with our rewards. Why do I give the way I give? Why do I live the way I live? Because of the rewards. It's not for nothing. I will reap what I sow. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever man reap. That's the scripture. He said, if any man leaves houses, lands, brothers and sisters. This is Jesus speaking. He said, in this lifetime, in the age to come, he will receive 30, 60, 100 fold. So the bank took your house. You're going to walk away from Jesus. First of all, the problem is you might have bought too much house. But also stuff happens. Maybe you just lost your job and some stuff went wrong. How you handle the loss of your house is going to determine your reward. Do you hear me? But things we're clinging to, holding to, acting like it's life, it's passing away. Even the most well-built house doesn't last but so long. He says, in that day when folks talk ugly about you because you're doing right, He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. So why are you pouting? Why are you so upset? 
Why do we rejoice? Because we're sadistic? No. Because something other than our temporary pain is on our minds. He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great, 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 great. You're thinking of the pettiness of the moment. Jesus said, focus on the greatness of the reward. For great is your reward in heaven. A little name calling. A little misunderstanding. A little bit of unease. It's like paying 50 cents for a 10 room mansion on a hill. But God in our life, he said, well, give me the 50 cents. And I'll receive it as an investment. And I'll take that 50 and multiply it. And I'll turn it into something great that will last forever. That's our God who we serve and we worship. So sometimes in our lives, we got to go through some things. You can't get around them. You got to plow through them. And if you do it righteously and with your head up looking to heaven, not blaming God, getting mad at God, running from God, but looking up to heaven, great is your reward. Hebrews 12 and 2, we're going to focus on Jesus, though there's a million scriptures we can look at right now. Looking unto Jesus, verse 2. Got to look away from your mess and look back to the master. The author and finisher of our what? When you're under pressure, Jesus is the one to look to. Jesus was not just some theologian. Everything he asked us to do, he already did. He withstood suffering and opened not up his mouth. And sometimes it's the biggest test for some people to shut up. (laughs) In the midst of being falsely accused. In the midst of, of being beat up on. Watch this. Who for the joy, you didn't know this. Some people just think Jesus went to the cross just, just because he was in the pain. No. For the joy or the reward that was set before him, he endured the cross. Meaning, when Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't focused on the pain of the cross. The greatest pain man has ever come up with was on that cross. But that wasn't his mindset. He imagined his reward. Why do we give up? Because of our mindset. We're not imagining our reward. We're just thinking about what we're going through. But it said he endured the cross despising the shame. The worst kind of pain. But Jesus compared it to the joy the father had for him on the other side. And he said no comparison. In fact, the language is almost as if Jesus spit at the cross. He was like, this is bad, devil. This is, this is the worst you could do, can't it? Ain't it? But then he looked up to the father, and the father's like, multiply that a hundred times, son. Multiply every lash, every beating, every hammer of a nail. Every time they mock you, wag their head at they point your finger at you. Multiply that. A thousand times and you don't still come close to the joy, the peace, the goodness, and the fellowship that I have on the other side. Church, if you want to get to the other side, you got to change your thinking. 
He wasn't focused on his pain, but on his reward. Back to 1 Corinthians 3 and 15. And remember, he's talking about work, not your soul. Your soul's secure. You put your faith in Jesus. The issue is not your soul. But the issue is your works. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. Meaning, all of us in this room, all of us watching by live stream, you can make it into heaven, but with loss. So for those of you, your only target is heaven. You missed the scriptures. Those who relate to God only on a gimme mentality and not on a use me basis are going to be sorely disappointed when they stand before the throne. And I know you can't shout right now because it hurts a little bit, but I'm doing you a service by talking about the truth of the scriptures right now. Your eternal salvation is not at risk by what you do or don't do at this church, but your level of reward in heaven is. If anyone's work is burned, meaning it can be. If it's wood, if it's hay, if it's stubble. What's that? It's all earthly stuff. Flesh stuff. Just live your life, the lust of the eyes, pride of life, lust of the flesh. It's just earthly living. He will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Meaning you can go to heaven saved, but lose out if you just rested on your laurels. So I gave my life to Christ 20 years. I don't need any of that stuff. I don't need church. I don't need, I don't need to join it with nobody else. I don't need to think about nothing bigger than me and mine. It says here, he will suffer loss. So in heaven, the Bible talks about he'll wipe every tear from my eyes. And I don't know if this is 100% true, but this is my thinking. I think he's talking about the moment where he shows us our lives. And a good portion of it goes up in flames. But what's wonderful about God, he pats the eye. I still love you. I'm still for you. You are still welcome here. But I had to tell you the truth. What could have been is not. Because you made choices. In sowing season. You make choices. When you could have made a difference, you chose not to. Many people tell me, say, Bishop, you, you need to slow down. You don't have, I know I don't have to do this. But I'm not doing it for right now. Right now, I'm a little bit tired. Right now, I'm a little bit stretched. But when I get to the other side and I see faces I wouldn't have otherwise saw, because of the folks we reached on television, radio, and all the rest, because of, of the different things we did, and maybe it's not even me, maybe it's because I unpacked you and then you reached out to your daughter and you didn't beat her and loved her instead. You hear what I'm saying? And because of what you did in your life, there's now a little girl in heaven. Because I showed up on my post, did my job. I'm not satisfied with going to heaven empty-handed. When you go before a king, you want to bring a gift. And you want to bring a gift befitting a king. And my greatest gift to God is a life lived in his purpose, for his glory, and to bring him honor. Everything else is a waste. Y'all hear me this morning. You catching it. Church, look for opportunities to give. Opportunities to be a blessing. 
Don't shun them. Don't push them. Look for any opportunity to serve. Because you're working on your eternal reward. Hear me. It says, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet, so as through fire. My baby sister's house caught on fire some years ago. She survived. But everything else she spent a lifetime amassing was lost. Imagine going to heaven and realizing all your degrees, your bank account, (laughs) all your earthly prestige, and only what you did for Christ will last. When you step into eternity... And people's opinion don't matter anymore, only God's. What will you have left? Revelation 22 and 12. These are some of Jesus' final words in the last chapter of the Bible. And he says this, And behold, I am coming quickly. Please pay attention to this. And my reward is with me. Jesus is returning with his reward on his mind and in his hand. Only those looking for a reward even care about the return of Christ. Are you living as if here and now is permanent? Let me tell you, dear one, it's not. Jesus is coming back for everything we did in sowing season. We only have one life to live. And Jesus so respects that and so honors it. It's so precious to him. That when he's returned, he's not thinking about getting even with all the people that did bad. The foremost thing on his mind is not even Armageddon. It's not. It's rewarding his faithful babies, his children that invested their lives. When they had other options, they could have done other things. They wanted to go that way, but they decided to go this way all to please the master. When he comes, his meditation His thought process is, man, I want to get to them everything they have sown for in their lives. I come quickly. My reward is with me. Watch this. To give to everyone according to his faith, according to his work. Church, do not fritter away your salvation self-satisfied. The fact you're going to make it in. My prayer is that you live your life for your reward. In fact, we couldn't cover this today. But if we covered more and had more time on on this Sunday, Jesus spent a whole chapter in the Bible, chapter 6 of Matthew, teaching us how to keep our reward. He didn't even talk about our salvation. He taught us how to keep our reward. He said, when you pray, you know, don't don't, don't go out there and do it in front of everybody. Because listen, when, when, when they see you and say, oh, you're so spiritual, you done received your reward. He said, no, go into your closet. And then the father who sees will reward you. He was all about the reward. Then he said, when you fast. Then he said, when you give. He said, if you want to keep your reward, make sure you're doing it for an audience of one. Not for everybody else in your life. Parable after parable is taught about folks entering into the reward. And Jesus would say it this way. Enter into the joy of the Lord. My reward is my joy. I don't really, I can't explain all the different levels of joy. I know happiness is happiness, but when I go to glory, 
It seems some of us are going to have great smiles, but others are going to be shouting and dancing. You hear what I'm saying? This has been a classic edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. And we also invite you to join the Grace Church family for service online by connecting on our website or on YouTube at Grace Church VA TV. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to live big. Prayer is often misunderstood and tragically underutilized. Those who don't understand it tend to over-mystify it, and those who do understand it often don't use it to its fullest potential. Prayer, simply put, is a two-way conversation with our Heavenly Father, and as with any good father, he wants to hear from his children. But when and how should we communicate with him, and what do we say? I'm really glad you asked. First Thessalonians 5 and 17 encourages us to watch this. Pray without ceasing, meaning pray always. And in Jeremiah 29 and 12, he promises, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. This means that regardless of who you are, what you've been, and and what you've done, God is listening and he's ready to respond. Now, for some, prayer is nothing more than a ritual reserved for times of crisis, maybe meals or, or bedtime, but your Heavenly Father longs for genuine relationship and fellowship with you. So I want to leave you with these simple truths. Number one, God loves you. Number two, God wants to hear from you. Number three, he is just a prayer away. Hey, folks, I hope you learned something new from this Ministry Minute. To get even more content like this, click the button below and check out our YouTube channel. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell so that you don't miss any of our latest uploads. Also, be sure to share this video with anyone you think may be encouraged by it. God bless.